Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast Close to the Bone. I'm Carl Vreeland. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, a great way to support it is to leave a five-star review and share it with others. It really does help immensely. This is episode number 21 entitled On Truth. What is truth? What is so important about it? Why do we seek it? We search the world for it. We dig deep inside ourselves for it. And when we seemingly find it, we latch on to it. We polish it and proclaim it. Yet how do we really know that it's the truth? Your truth may be different than my truth, just as your God may be nothing like my God. That said, have you found the truth? And if so, what purpose does it serve in your life? What difference has it made? Did it change your life in a profound way? Are you a better person because of it? Has it changed your attitude toward others? Did it free you from fear? Has it brought you inner peace? Consider this hypothesis. What if God visited the earth and declared, It's true. I exist. I am God, your creator. Additionally, he submitted to a full physical and mental examination, interrogation, background check, miracle substantiation, and a scripture verification, in which all findings proved, without a shadow of a doubt, that he was God, the way, the truth, and the life. Then what? What would change? We would still have to go about our lives, waking up to an annoying alarm clock, commuting to work in bad traffic, and having to deal with unpleasant people. We would still have to pay our bills, do laundry, plunge the toilet bowl, drive to the dog groomer, bring the kids to the doctor, and cope with loss, sadness, and grief. So what would change? Okay, God exists. The truth has been found. Yet we still have to report to our abusive boss. On top of that, we would still have to cope and comfort our best friend who was just diagnosed with terminal cancer. How would the truth and the knowledge that God exists help us handle these situations any better? How would this truth help us endure heartache, loneliness, and depression? Taking this a step further, Say we are driving in our car and a special report comes on the radio. The great physicist, Mr. John Doe, who proved the existence of God, has now uncovered one of life's great mysteries. He has proven that heaven exists. It's true. We're all going to see our deceased parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins as soon as we kick the bucket. Excited beyond belief, we pull over our car to the side of the road, we sit back in our seat, and a smile grows on our face, and we steep in the comfort of knowing this truth. There is an afterlife, after all, a paradise. We can't wait to get home to tell our family. We drive off. Minutes later, a car cuts us off, and we start screaming expletives out the window to the driver. Our smile turns into a scowl. A few weeks go by and the excitement about God and heaven begins to fade and we find ourselves complaining about our 
ungrateful kids worrying about money and cursing our misfortunes again. So why is this? Why wouldn't anything change? Namely, it's because it takes more than a knowing of the truth for our lives to change. It takes a connecting to the truth, living it, breathing it, internalizing it. As with God, it takes developing a relationship with him or her, understanding him, surrendering to him, and living in accordance with his will. Regardless of truth, belief, evidence, proof, and who or what God is, in order to access truth and a power greater than ourselves, we need to align with it. And that can only be done through action. Truth or belief alone won't do the trick. It won't aid us in dealing with rude people, rejection, regret, and remorse. And it won't help us get a handle on growing old and dealing with illness, loss, and death. With that said, are there such things as truths? Well, for sure, we're all going to get ill, experience loss, and die. Those are truths. There's nothing up for debate there. But outside of that, There are facts, which we sometimes call truths, such as actual events. There are scientific truths, beliefs accepted as truths, such as observations of physical reality that can be tested. There are ideas that are true and accepted as true, such as the concept of time. But these truths are based on observation and cooperation. They are subjective, theoretical, and subject to different opinions. They fundamentally cannot be proven, just as the existence of God cannot be proven. Although some religions and religious people try to convince us otherwise. Moreover, they try to proselytize us into believing in their God and in their truth. Our God is the true and one and only God. We, as a people, hold the truth. Some ostracize others for not believing in their truth. Still others judge and kill in the name of truth. It would be an understatement to say that problems arise when religions preach and proclaim that they hold the truth, therefore constituting that all other religions or belief systems are untruth, as it were. This attitude makes it easy to agree with arguments against organized religion by the likes of renowned atheists such as Sam Harris and the late Christopher Hitchens. They have unapologetically asserted that religion obstructs individual personal freedom, hinders scientific research, inspires tyrannical leaders, and justifies genocide. Irrespective of what is wrong and questionable about religion and its view on subjects such as homosexuality, stem cell research, and abortion, the defenders of religion claim that a belief in God is paramount if we are to live an ethical and moral life. This brings up the inquiry. Can one be virtuous, good, honorable, noble, upstanding, and decent without religion and a construct of truth? Many believe through the endowment of an almighty God we learn right from wrong, and that, for instance, by way of the parables and moral teachings of the Bible, we learn how to become ethical and cooperative human beings. However, there are others who believe we learn through empathy, in that 
We possess an innate moral code which develops as we interact with others. For example, on the playground, if a boy punches another child for whatever reason, and that child starts crying, displaying physical pain, the boy who hit him viscerally identifies. He thinks, I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. I wouldn't want to experience that pain. And so he learns not to do it again. Nevertheless, one could contend that God bestowed the boy with this empathy. On the other hand, there are those who point out infamous atheists who have been immoral throughout history. Still, there are others who witness Bible-thumping churchgoers cheating on their spouses, making racist remarks over drinks in local bars, and opening fire on abortion clinics. Alan Watts makes a strong argument about morality. Quote, no philosophy of history has really succeeded in making anybody more or less responsible. Let's say that you are a Christian, a Catholic, of the old-fashioned medieval type, who believes that you've got an individual soul with free will, and that you're under responsibility to God to obey His law, and that if you don't, the most disastrous consequences imaginable will befall you. You'll fry in hell forever. There's no evidence whatsoever that believing in that made people any more virtuous than they are today. Unquote. Granted, this is all debatable, whereas we can go on arguing this moral point until doomsday, which brings me to my main point. Instead of squabbling and fighting over who is right or who is wrong, and trying to get others to follow our truth or our God, we should seek a personal inner experience of the sacred. That's not to say we should shun our religion. On the contrary, by bringing our focus inward, we will gain a deeper understanding of our religion's teachings and get closer to God. After all, in the end, all the debating and fighting about God and the truth only lures us away from experiencing the very thing we all long for, transcendence. And so, I am submitting that we seek an inner religious experience, a sacred one, which has little or nothing to do with evidence or truth. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, a great way to support it is to leave a review or rate it, subscribe to it, and share it with others. And don't forget to visit my new website, carltvreeland.com. That's my name with my middle initial. You'll find my blog there, YouTube channel link, a podcast transcript to my last episode, and much more. Again, thank you, everyone. Be well. Be well.